You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios. Now we have our ninth named storm of the season as well. We were watching this one off the coast of Africa, and now we have Tropical Storm Irma. Winds at 50 miles per hour at the center. Here's the Cabo Verde Islands, so just west of that. Moving west at 13, that generally westerly track will continue through the next several days. Good Thursday afternoon. Brand new update coming in late this morning on Hurricane Irma. Yeah, now a hurricane. This morning it was a tropical storm, so rapid intensification occurred over the last 12 hours, and it didn't just make the jump to Category 1. It went all the way up to Category 2 with wind sustained now of 100 miles per hour. Well, thanks for logging on for your Saturday morning tropical weather update. And we're following two areas out in the Atlantic very, very closely. And as you can see, it looks like it's becoming a little bit better defined right now. The eye becoming a little uh, more well defined. It's still a small hurricane out in the Atlantic with a potential for becoming something greater than what it is. Uh, it is a category two hurricane right now with 110 mile per hour winds. Well, the name Irma comes from old German. It means the war goddess. And of course, that's appropriate because this storm, as you can see, is already a monster. It's a category three right now with wind speeds at about 150, 15 miles per hour. Aisha Sky joins us now. This storm is still pr pretty far out, Aisha, but what's the outlook for the next few days at least? It is still far out, Phil, but we're going to have to pay very close attention to this system, mainly because it gets close to the southeast coastline, but not until we'll say the latter part of next week. So we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. I do want to show you the latest update. As of late afternoon, Hurricane Irma, a Category 4. I'm Chief Meteorologist Alan Seals, and I'm giving the perspective from the central Gulf Coast of a storm that is way out in the Atlantic Ocean. It is hundreds of miles away from the eastern islands of the Caribbean, but it is moving steadily westward at 13. 130 mile an hour winds. It's a major hurricane. Major means Category 3 and above. Computer models consistently take it west-northwestward, and before you even think about it striking the U.S., you've got to consider Cuba, the Bahamas, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, and islands like Anguilla, St. Kitts, lots and lots of people potentially going to be impacted by this system. Now, that was computer model forecast tracks. Now look at the actual wind forecast from the National Hurricane Center. Keeping an eye on Irma, obviously, yes. Danny. Yes, yeah, so all eyes on Irma as we start our Tuesday and as we start each day for the next few. As we head through the weekend, that's when us here, especially in Southwest Florida, will be watching closely in terms of potential impact. I think it's important to start with the fact that we still don't have many answers. We're not saying that this is a sure thing, a sure direct impact to Southwest Florida. All we're trying to do is make sure that you at home are prepared in the case, uh, we do see a severe threat from Irma, but there is still plenty of time for the forecast track to change. And of course, we'll bring you all those changes here on Fox 4. As for this morning, your Tuesday starting with a help strong. Hey guys, it's Paul. And uh, I'm sitting outside my office because my coworker is freaking out about the hurricane. And the cleaning people are here early trying to get it done and over with so there's a vacuum running around my office and i need some peace and quiet for a minute and i thought that um i would keep a little audio diary of this whole hurricane thing because i've never seen anything like it i've been in florida for 40 years and i've never really been worried before and now i'm a little bit worried oh, oh by the way it is about three o'clock on tuesday afternoon this is 
September the 5th? Let me check. September the 5th. So yeah, we're just uh, trying not to freak out. Trying to do some nice, calm hurricane preparation. And uh, trying to just be optimistic and not worry too much. But this thing out in the, out in the water it's kind of a whole different animal, and I don't want anybody to have to deal with this storm. If it has to be me, then it's me, I suppose. But uh, I do hope it kind of moves a little bit north or a little bit south and somewhere away from where we are to where we can just sort of hunker down in our house and, and wait it out. A few years ago, we had Hurricane Wilma, which passed right over us. The eyewall went right over us. And it was a Category 4 hurricane, and aside from a little bit of damage in our backyard, I did not lose a single shingle on the roof. I did not have any damage to the house. It was a little bit loud, it was a little bit scary, but it wasn't so bad, so... If we can do that again, it won't be fun. But it'll be okay. It'll be better than getting hit head-on with this thing. So I'll try to put a few of these together for our Varmints podcast. And it's not going to be about animals. It's just going to be about hurricanes, which are a whole different kind of animal. So uh, I'll keep in touch. Thanks. Right toward the Turks and Caicos as a Category 5 hurricane winds 175 miles per hour gust to 215. That's just minimally different than what it was yesterday, continuing to work its way to the west-northwest. Now look what happens as it gets over here north of Cuba. It does make that turn. Could be on the west coast, could be on the east coast, somewhere here near South Florida. And again, it doesn't matter. The, you know, such a massive storm in terms of its circulation that no matter what happens, Florida's going to get hit hard and then it's going to work its way to the north. Right now, the thinking is maybe right here along the east coast. But again, that's subject to uh, certainly changing over the next week or so, or well, let's say next four to five days. And that would keep the remnants then inland. So, a little update. Um, I didn't think I was going to do this again because the forecast track for the storm took it further and further east and it looked like it wasn't going to be a big deal. But we prepared like it was going to be a big deal and um, we boarded up the house and got everything all buckled down thinking that we were just going to hunker down in the house and, and uh, wait out the storm. But... I was editing the episode that you're going to hear about hippos just to give myself some little sense of normalcy and uh, I enjoyed doing that and that's going to be that's going to be a pretty funny little episode so um so after I did that I checked the latest forecast for the storm and it had it coming right up the old poop chute of Florida like right up the middle and uh, that was significantly further west than it had been before. So so we freaked out a little bit. And we decided that it was going to be the best... The, the best decision was going to be to leave. And we had talked as a family and said that if we were going to leave, it would be Thursday afternoon when my wife got done with work. So, 
So the kids wanted to leave, and I kind of wanted to leave too. And so we started getting the house prepared, and we started packing up some stuff. And my wife came home from work with some groceries and said, Hey, let's eat dinner. And I said, No, we're leaving. <laughs> so, so we left at about uh, roughly 7.30 in the evening to go to my parents' house in Georgia. And uh, traffic was pretty good to a point. And then we made it to uh, roughly the middle of the state and and things slowed down considerably. And now we are in North Florida in a Walmart parking lot and it is 4.20 in the morning. And I have been awake for nearly 24 hours straight. My daughter, thank God for her, she's been doing a, a bit of the driving, so that's been really helpful, but it's hard for me to sleep if unless we're stopped. If we're stopped, I can sleep fine, but when we're in traffic and stop and go and she's slamming on the brakes and she's playing her radio, I can't I can't sleep. So so we're here in the uh, Walmart parking lot, which is fine. It's 24 hours. It's got a restroom. And uh, so we're going to we're going to stay here for a couple hours and try to get some rest before we continue on because we got another hour or we got another seven hours or so before we get to our destination. So that is the story. I did not think we were going to have to evacuate. In 40 hurricane seasons, I've never had to evacuate, but we've evacuated. And I have friends that are staying behind and they're going to write it out. And they're going to keep an eye on my house for me and, and tell me if there's any damage or not, which is really nice. And uh, we did the best we could. And evacuating sucks. I've never had to do it before, but it, it it's not good. And people are not nice to each other, so be nice to somebody today, all right? And uh, I'm going to get some rest, and I'll let you know how it goes. Good night, or good morning, or whatever it is. <sighs> All right, so it is 3.45 in the afternoon, and I, of course, am Paul, and with me is... Bailey, hi. That's my daughter. She's my little road warrior. She's been doing a bunch of the driving today because she enjoys driving. I do. So the last time I talked to you, it was 4.30 in the morning, and we had stopped at a Walmart parking lot to get some rest, and we slept for about two hours. You got two hours. I got, like solid one okay so so between the four of us we've we've had an we've had we've had a solid eight hours of, of rest a combined total of eight hours divided between four people unequally so we're in really good shape so we got back on the road at like 6 30 and we drove for about an hour and a half and covered about 30 miles and we got to a, a, a gas station, like a truck stop type of gas station that was packed like you cannot believe. And fortunately, it had gas and food and plenty of coffee. So we uh, 
we decided when we got there that we were going to take some back roads the rest of the way, and that's what we did, and it was the best decision because even though it's taken forever to get up here, uh, it's been a much nicer, smoother drive, and everybody's been happier, and we've actually managed to, like, have fun and joke around with each other on the way up, even just, though we're all just completely tired, like, nuts. We just had a pretty epic uh, Back to the Future quoting extravaganza, <laughs> so that's a pretty decent sign that morale is high. You have to go back, Marty! <laughs> <laughs> Every time. We went to Kroger's and we got some uh, shopping mart. What am I saying? I'm so tired. Uh, grocery store. Grocery store sushi. That was actually pretty good. And we got some Starbucks. So and Now we're going to tackle some windy mountain roads with a belly full of grocery store sushi and Starbucks coffee. So that should play out very interesting <laughs> for the either, Chomo family. It's either going to go really, really well or really, really poorly. It's either going to be fine or you're going to see our cars on the side of the road very shortly. So that's the plan, and we're going to get to the place where we're, where we're staying in a, a, about four hours. And the last time I looked at the forecast, my house is going to get hammered yeah. by Hurricane Irma. It won't be as strong. It won't be the Category 5 that everybody was scared of, but it's still a big storm, and it was still I, I think it was worth taking off. I think so, too. Every time I look at the map, I am so relieved that we are not there right now. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. And uh, I'll check in again very soon. And uh, all right, I'll let you know when we get there safe and all that good stuff. I'll update you later. Don't worry. All right, bye. We have made it here safe to our destination. 24 hours later. And I am sleeping on an air mattress. And I have taken Benadryl and Valerian Root. And I am not laying on an air mattress. I have become the air mattress. And I'm going to go to sleep. Despite my puppy who is whining and will almost surely drive me insane. So, I will dream of people going to iTunes and subscribing to Varmints and listening to every episode and contacting us on Twitter at Varmints Podcast or on Instagram at Varmints Podcast. Or you can contact us, varmintspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are at Blazing Caribou Studios. I'm very tired. And if I do not wake up, I will forever be known as a shameless podcast self-promoter. So good night. Uh, let's get back to what I tried to start with because this is a very stressful situation and I want everybody to take a breath and relax. I know everybody is very, very hyped up and rightfully so. A big event is coming, but we don't do any better by being extremely stressed out. We're going to make it through this event. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And it is going to take a long time. There's going to be two phases to this. There's going to be the hurricane hitting phase. And then there's going to be the recovery phase. I don't know which is going to be worse. 
Could be the hurricane phase for some people because it's terrifying, the sound of the wind, hearing things crashing, things like that, or not having power for weeks, not having uh, running water or water that you might have to boil, things like that. Both are bad. There's really no good part of being hit by a hurricane. There never is. So let's talk about the 2 o'clock advisory, and we're going to go step by step here because a few things happened overnight, and uh, as I let the people here at CBS4 know and uh, followers on Facebook know, it gave me cause for concern, not because the storm was coming closer or getting uh, worse, but because it looked like the storm track, some of the models had shifted away from South Florida, and that scared me because I thought people are going to be like, it's going away. It's not going away, or it's going further away. It's not going further away. Or, or when the winds came down, people were like, oh, it's decreased to a category four. I really don't like the word decreased when we talk about category five to category four or the wind speed. When we're up with winds of 155 miles an hour, anything over about 110 miles an hour is doing damage to buildings, wiping out infrastructure, taking power lines down, trees down. So if it goes from 160, 165 to 150, it is still a monster. So it really hasn't decreased, it's just moved categories. So it's category four right now, the wind up a little bit, and that's. Hey everybody, this is your buddy Paul, and I am up here in the mountains of Georgia, and I am safe, and I am in a big sewing room, because that is my hurricane shelter at my parents' house, and it's wonderful. And I am 800 miles away from Hurricane Irma. I got a good full nine hours of sleep last night, and uh, I am here talking with Rhett Hall. Hello. All right, and Rhett's going to join me, and he's going to record this audio for me, which I really do appreciate, and he's going to chime in with his experiences because he's also a Florida resident and uh, we're going to ask we're going to answer some of the questions that you had on uh, Facebook uh, we just found out before you called that zone B down in Florida has been mandatory evacuated so even if I did not evacuate I would have been uh, forcibly evacuated yeah and we're we are our house is also in zone B it's about uh, five blocks from Lemon Bay Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no regrets, man. I'm glad I left. I'm sure you are, too. Oh, yeah. I kept, I mean, in, in a weird way, I kept I kept wanting it to push west um, from the original models, oh, yeah. only because I, yeah. I couldn't get my wife convinced that we needed to leave, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm kind of biting my tongue on that because it did push west, and it seems like it's going to hit right where we are, so... Um, luckily yeah. I'm in Alabama, um, in Southeast Alabama where I grew up, uh, at my parents' house and, uh, um, I'm safe as well. It took me about 10 hours to get up here. So, uh, my wife is in Ohio and she is safe as well. So we're all good. Fantastic. That's good to hear. It took us 24 hours to get here. And normally when we come here on vacation, it takes us about 13 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took them 27 hours to get to Cincinnati, which is the like most southwestern point of of Ohio um and most of that was between Florida and Atlanta yeah wow when yeah. i got up this morning actually when i got when we got in last night and i finally got out of the car i said i do not want to be in a car tomorrow at all for anything and so far so good <laughs> i've been here <laughs> laying low because i do not travel well i get exhausted physically and mentally to the point where I cannot put a sentence together. <laughs> it takes me. It, it take. It's taken me today to just kind of recover. 
I you, I don't know if you could hear it in my voice or not, but man, I'm I'm just depleted. I need today to do nothing. On top of all of this, I've had a cold for about a week too. Oh my so my voice probably doesn't sound a hundred percent great. It never really does anyway, but <laughs> um, but it probably doesn't sound a hundred percent great. So. Um, and I also, I put up the shutters with a cold, uh, you know, all that stuff. So it's, this past week has been ridiculous. Yeah. And plus, I mean, stress lowers your immune system, right? Yeah. And that, that doesn't help. Nope. And I have, I have multiple sclerosis as well. So my immune system is already, you know, on the fritz. Uh, I hope you feel better, dude. (laughs) Hey, let's answer some of these questions. Yep. Let's do it. All right. The first one. Katie asks, what do you think are the chances there will be a gator NATO within Irma? <laughs> <laughs> if it passes over the Everglades, it could scoop up a few alligators and a few Burmese pythons. Yep. That would be uh, Nightmare Central. That would make things interesting. I, I mean, I wonder what the time frame is until some producer somewhere decides to make that film i know they've made sharknado but i'm wondering how long it takes for there to be a gator nato after this happens well i mean if it's the the uh sci-fi network (laughs) they they could fart one of those out in about three weeks oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) michael michael bay oh i'm not even gonna get on michael bay we we have a running thing about who about michael bay that uh i think it's Monkeys could fart on a keyboard and write a better script than his writers can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, here's one from Samantha. Paul, I just left Orlando. Good. I'm glad you did. Yep. And I saw people evacuating who were bringing some interesting things with them. What's the most random, interesting thing you brought with you? Hmm. I don't know that anything random or interesting. We did pretty much clean out the refrigerator and, and bring that with us in a cooler. I did bring a small fan that sits on my um, nightstand that I need to sleep because I, yep. I need that white noise to sleep. Random and interesting. I did bring some of, some of my podcasting stuff with me, mm-hmm. uh, like my tower and my, my mixer and my tablet, which are vital you know, monitor and keyboard and mouse, I can I can just get another one of those. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But rants are interesting. I got my fidget cube. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just pretty much brought the the basic stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I if you'd have seen my car, I had to bring my mom's two dogs with uh, uh, with me because she had to stay. Um, she's a nurse, so she couldn't leave. Um, and I brought. If you'd have seen my car, I had two gas cans uh, full of gas. I had all of my tools, like my my impact and my drills and all that stuff. Um, extra coolant for my car, uh, all kinds of stuff. But I didn't really bring anything weird. I It looked like post-apocalyptic, though, with all my stuff. I had like a knife in between the seats. And, you know, I had my, my 9 millimeter with me and... Um, you know, I had the dogs with a big cushion and blanket in the back. I I, it, I had two gallons of water, Gatorade, food, just in case I got stuck on the road. And it wasn't really weird stuff. It was very practical stuff. But my car looked like it was like Mad Max's car. <laughs> I saw a lot of those coming up. Yeah. I saw a lot of those coming up. I think the only thing that I wish I would have packed would be more clothes. Like I didn't count on staying for probably four days here, which yeah. I don't. I should have 
brought more underwear and more stuff like that. But fortunately, <laughs> my parents have a, a washing machine and a dryer, and we'll probably be using that every day until we leave. Yeah, we did. I think um, I think something like eight loads of laundry to get ready, which is ridiculous in itself. But um, we made sure that we, everything that everything that we had that fit us correctly was clean and packed. Yeah. Because um, I said, you know, we can always replace clothes, but we know this stuff fits, and you know. Might as well make sure we have it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the only one that was crazy enough to suggest that we do all the laundry before we go. (laughs) (laughs) Then we did, man. My only other thing I would say, too, that people would think that I was crazy if they saw was my huge duffel bag full of uh, microphone boom arms, uh, microphone cases, my interface. Uh, I have five microphone cables with me. uh, extra headphones, all that stuff. I basically brought it like my entire home studio with me. Good. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. And I have like a camera, I have a camcorder, uh, an audio recorder. Um, so I can do if my, my, I guess my thought process was if I get stuck on the road and I need to send videos to a news organization that can't get here, I have everything I need to do to make those videos. Good. That's excellent. Um, Here's a question from Samantha. How are most businesses employers handling the evacuation situation? Are many offering to pay for the time off? Wondering what you are hearing or seeing. Well, I can only really speak for my job that I have now. My boss is super cool. He's been calling me and checking on me and making sure I'm okay. And I'm reasonably confident that he will pay me my salary, even though I am probably not going to go back to work until at the earliest Wednesday of next week. Yeah. depending on what the road is like outside because but the road that I work on floods like it's already been flooded this summer without the hurricane yeah and it's hard I just can't get to the office um but he's he's really good about it and I can only imagine that most employers are going to be understanding as far as like time off and paying you for the time off for something that nobody really has any control over yeah you know well, and my, my wife and my uh, mother-in-law both work for the Sarasota County School uh, System. They work uh, at in Northport. And um, as far as I understand, even the non-salary employees were paid for Friday, I think, when they closed the schools. I'm pretty sure that's how they did that. I'm not sure about Monday now that they've closed it. Um, but I rem- if, I, if I remember correctly, everybody who works there, non like like contractors, all that kind of stuff too, are all paid for that day, if I'm not mistaken. You know, if, if common sense tells me anything, like you said, a lot of these people, if they're a business owner, for the most part, I feel like if it's a small business, they're going to do what they can to help you out. Um, as far as corporations, I can't say. I would I would assume that in their contract, there's something written there that if it's a, a natural disaster or whatever, that uh, because you're leaving, like you said, there's nothing that you can control. I would, I would assume right. that there's something in that that says that they have to at least pay you something for you evacuating. Um, but I can't, I can't say for sure, but it, it, common sense would, would, would assume that, you know? Sure. Uh, Samantha has another question. What do the do, what, uh, what do the do's, what do the <laughs> do's do with animals during the hurricane? I have no idea. Um, I know at the, at our local zoo, they have like a little shelter where they put the animals when they have to clean the exhibit out, you know, when they have to like scoop the poop up and yeah. replenish the food stuff like that. But I don't know how 
robust those enclosures are and if they can withstand hurricane winds. I really don't know what the zoos do with the animals, especially like the birds and like some of the animals that live in these open air cages. Yeah. I, I assume they have somewhere that they can put them inside the building. But And I tried to look at the uh, Naples Zoo website and there was nothing there that indicated what they were doing with the animals. It just said, we're closed till Monday. <laughs> if I remember correctly... Um, I want to say it was either on CNN or the Weather Channel um, in the past few days. It was someone, I think, either from like the Miami Zoo or uh, the Tampa Zoo um, that said something about, like you said, if they have those places to put them in, that they will, and they usually have people there to keep them calm um, and to keep them fed and stuff. But right. I think uh, the ones like giraffes, there's really nowhere. I mean, they have places for them to go, but... Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there was somebody said that, that, that what you said where they have those uh, places for them to go in um, whenever they're being, uh, their, their habitat's being cleaned or whatever. Um, yeah. I think that's where they go. If I, if I remember correctly, I think that's what they said. Yeah. And like our, our zoo has a big alligator pond, and I think they just leave them alone because alligators have been dealing with hurricanes for millions of years. And yeah. It's no big for them. And if, and they, if they go, I mean, they're just alligators. <laughs> somebody posted a meme uh the other day or yesterday or maybe it may, may have been thursday that said um it was it showed a golf course and the alligator was walking uh up on the golf course and it says when the alligators are getting out of here you know that it's getting bad <laughs> i love that when then you'll see the news and it'll say giant alligator walks across golf course and we're like oh yeah that's just tuesday yeah that happens every single day yep yeah <laughs> and i i was it's kind of like that that same thing that i said earlier i said you know talking about people evacuating i said whenever the, like the og uh floridians like these old people who've been here for years and years and years when they start getting nervous that's when you need to start worrying i would imagine mm -hmm. that's the same for the alligators because they're really kind of like og Floridians really you know they've they've this is their habitat so if they're getting if they're get if they're getting out of here you probably should get out of here too <laughs> all the alligators are headed north Can you imagine <laughs> oh man I mean that'd be cool to see uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie that would be cool to see that would be amazing uh Vicky asks Paul did your sweet puppy enjoy the evacuation my puppy did great she stayed in the back seat and she slept a lot of the time, and we did not have to get her, give her any kind of drugs or anything to sedate her. She just enjoyed the ride, and it's just like having a little kid. Like, she started whining, and so we had to find a place to pull over and either feed her or take her to go potty. And, and she jumped back up in the car, and she enjoyed the ride. And about every three hours or so, we'd have to stop for her and, and take care of her. But she did great. Yeah. She did great. That's the same thing you I had. Too, right? Yeah, I had two. I had a, a boxer and a Boston Terrier Beagle mix uh, with me. So um, I just made sure that the back seat was comfortable for them. And uh, you know, I yelled "lay down" a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of times when the Boston Terrier Beagle mix got all excited. And yep. but for the most part, they rode. I like I, I stopped probably around every three to four hours um, or so. And uh, found places that were kind of away from everything and let them just kind of do their thing and made sure they had water. And then, and then we got back on the road. Uh, it wasn't too difficult though. Um, uh, they don't get car sick. They, they usually ride pretty well, uh, as far as that goes. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, hang on. My phone did a thing. I did a thing. My phone did a thing. My computer keeps making this dinging noise, and I don't know what it is, so if it comes through, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. This is a bonus episode. People are getting <laughs> have to Um. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, next question is from Jen. Jen says, I live here in Florida. We've been through many, many storms. We've always kept our animals with us. However, I've always wondered what the animal shelters are like. Do you know? No, I don't. Does a human stay with them at all times? I would assume that animal shelters have to have somebody that is willing to be there to feed the animals and at least do some basic cleanup. I, that makes that's, That seems like the most logical answer to that question. Yeah. But I don't work in animal shelters, so I don't really know. I imagine they're caged, so are they safe if floods come in? Well, I do happen to know that the animal shelters in our area are in a flood zone where they don't have to worry about, like, storm surge coming up and flooding the shelter. Yeah. Um, I would, I would, you know, I would assume that the the paid employees there, um, mm -hmm. I, I would assume that they, because of the type of work that they do, would not want to leave them behind anyway, so that they would... I don't think it would be any question of staying. Um, I know a lot of people who work right. in, in shelters like that, and um, I, I don't think that that would be a problem, honestly. I know that the, um, what is it, Suncoast Humane Society, which is in uh, in Inglewood, where we live, um, they are still inside that flood zone. Uh, I think there's their zone B still. Um, and... I know a couple of people who have volunteered there and stuff, and I'm pretty sure, like you said, there's there's people who would stay. But I also think that uh, the paid employees, I don't think would that would be a problem as far as them leaving. I, I'm pretty sure they would stay because, I mean, let's face it, they love the animals, so they're probably going to stay anyway. Yeah, absolutely. She, Jen also asks another interesting question. She says, do they lightly sedate the animals to keep them calm? I don't know if they do that. I do... I guess shelters have to have like a, a licensed veterinarian on staff to do like the spaying and neutering and that kind of thing, right? Yeah. When you would, they would have to have consultation too. Like they would have to actually, I mean, they have to have to just like with a hospital to be able to give medication, they have to have their records and stuff like that too, of what sure. their weight and all that stuff is, so they know what medication to mix for them and and what uh, dosage to give them. So I can imagine in a uh, emergency situation that that's not uh, something that they would have the resources to do maybe probably not for every animal maybe uh, you know a select few that are really freaking out maybe but that's what I'm just assuming here I don't I really don't know yeah that's a good question it is all right Vanessa asks I was wondering when it's a mandatory highly recommended evacuation what happens to all the people who have no access to transport? They get transported for mm -hmm. free. Um, the buses in our area, the public transportation is waiving the, the fees for getting on the bus if you're going to a shelter. You can just hop on the bus and they'll take you right to the shelter, which is really nice. And I think, I think the police don't really want to have to take people to shelters, but I think they do um, in some cases. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people who have no access to transport, they can get to a shelter if they, you know, if they, if they can get to a bus stop or make a phone call and say, "Hey, I cannot drive. I need to get to a shelter." Something there, there are, 
things in place that will get them safe. Nobody, nobody gets left behind or nobody is forced to ride the storm out in their place if they don't want to. Governor Scott, um, in his uh, briefings and everything, to this is specifically for Florida because I know you have fans that listen from other places, but I'm just going to go with Florida, seeing that that's the most imminent as far as uh, evacuations go. Um, there is a phone number that you can call uh, to have them come, and you can find that, fo- that phone number on floridadisaster.org. Um, and it also mm-hmm. tells you what zone you're in uh, by your address. There's a link there that you can click on, and that'll tell you how to find what zone you're in as far as uh, evacuations go for mandatory. Right. And I tell you what, uh, Governor Scott gets a lot of crap down in Florida for a lot of things, but he is coming through on this hurricane thing, and this is not a political statement. I, I don't really care whether you – you agree with the governor and, and some of his decisions or not, but he has been like making some pretty decent civil, nice decisions yeah. as regarding the safety of the people in this. Um, there was a concern that, and I know, I don't know if this is true or not, but there was a concern about gas when we were evacuating, how are we going to get gas? And one of the things that he said was that I had heard that he said was that, the uh, gas stations along I-75 needed to be replenished with gasoline. Mm-hmm. And we had no problems getting gas coming out of Florida at all. So he's made some decisions that have been really, really good with this hurricane. And you can fault the guy for a lot of things, but not this. Not this. Yeah. And I, I, I noticed that, yeah, he kept the uh, that, that southbound lane, those southbound lanes of I-75 open probably longer than some people would and there was a lot of people giving him flack for that um but i uh i agree with that decision specifically you know i i don't i don't get into politics a lot i don't know about a lot about his politics but i think that's probably one of the best things that he has done other than the the language that he's used when referencing the storm storm and stuff like how it's more powerful than andrew was it's bigger than andrew was uh it's it's moving faster than andrew was all the stuff and he you know basically Short of telling every people that everybody they're going to die if they stay in Miami, um, I feel like he's handled. I feel, I feel like he's handled the situation pretty well um, regarding that, as far as making sure people are aware of of how the gravity of the situation. I agree. Uh, Vanessa also asks, uh, especially those who have animals. So I guess she's asking if you have to go to a shelter and you have pets. There are hurricane shelters that you can go to that will accept your pets as long as you bring the pet's food and medications and anything else that the, that your pet needs. Um, not all hurricane shelters will accept pets, but, but some certainly will. They have to have a carrier, right, too, if I'm not mistaken? They have, yes, I think you're right. They have yeah. to have, like, a kennel and their food and their medications. Yep. I know I know in, in a lot of them in Sarasota County, um, I don't know anything about any of the further south counties, but I know there was two or three in our area, area that were accepting pets, so... Again, that floridadisaster.org will tell you um, where all that stuff is, too, for the future. Because I know people listen to this after everything happens. So for the future, if this is a, a an issue, um, that website basically tells you everything you need to know about disaster preparedness and the evacuation plans and all that stuff for uh, the state of Florida. Right. Uh, Vanessa also asks, what happens to people in hospitals, et cetera, who maybe can't be moved? I would think if you're in a hospital, you're in a pretty safe spot. Um, they actually get evacuated. 
hospitals get evacuated. Yeah, my um, my mom works at Inglewood Community Hospital, and uh, they evacuated uh, all the patients who were bound by oxygen and uh, anything on oxygen or on life support of some sort. Um, they they are moved via uh, ambulance or helicopter. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Depends on how Holy bad the situation okay. is. They have buses. Like if if some of them can sit, they'll bus them. But if it's a specific like a thing where they have to be on a gurney, they will take them via uh, via um, uh, ambulance to wherever they need to go. That's really interesting. Wow, I did not know that. Same thing with uh, like assisted living or nursing homes. They do the same thing. They will take them to a nursing home or assisted living that's away from. Uh, wherever they are so that they still have access to oxygen and uh, medication and life support, that kind of stuff. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Um, she has more questions. Vanessa was full of questions. I love it. She says, <laughs> regarding animals, I was wondering what happens to larger animals and livestock. With the horses, it was bad enough having gales here. Fences down, buildings and roofs damage the animals, possibly bolting through fear. So what on earth happens to them? Do they just have to be left to deal with it? And it's true that when you drive up I-75 in Florida, you do see a lot of cows and horses. Mm-hmm. And when we were evacuating on I-75, we did see a lot of horse trailers full of horses. Uh, and they do have animal shelters for larger animals like that in, um, I think it's Alabama. I think they have a, an animal hurricane shelter where you can bring your horses. Wow. And as far as cows... The best thing to do with cows in a hurricane is leave them there. Yep. Because they will naturally seek high ground, and they will clump together, and they will just they'll weather out the storm just fine. Honestly, horses will too. Um, this is going to be a, a weird reference, but if you watch, uh, if you watch uh, <laughs> uh, the Wizard of Oz, um, mm-hmm. when when the twister's coming, if you notice the uh, the the, the farmhands, they let the horses out of the stable. Oh, okay. Yeah, because if the barn comes down... They can run and get away from structure uh, better than we can lead them, and the structure was probably going to come down anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Um, Vanessa has some animal questions from Lila, her daughter, that came up in the last couple of weeks. I I don't know if it's Lila or Layla, so I apologize, uh, Vanessa's daughter. Um, do you have black squirrels in the U.S.? Yes, we do. We, they are, it's kind of like the opposite of an albino. Like, we have squirrels that are just genetically all black. So we do have those, and I've never seen one in the wild, but I know we have them. Interesting. Do you know, do you know if otters and seals are related at all? I don't think they are, but they are related in that they are both cute and awesome. And we <laughs> like them. I mean, and they're, they're, mammal, they're mammals, so that there's that. And, right, and they eat fish. <laughs> can you do an episode on seals please if i get home and my home is in one piece and i can do some podcasting i promise you <laughs> i will do an episode on seals because i love seals all right can you Bridget make sure asks, though i have a, i have a very specific request for that podcast in general or in specific okay. uh can you please play kiss from a rose by seal as the theme song for that oh I'll think about it. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate your help, no but problem. I will think about it. That's I'll fine. I'll take it under consideration. <laughs> it's entirely your show. It's your call. That's just my suggestion to you. 
Bridget, number one Varminian, says, Paul, have you experienced hurricanes like this before? Absolutely not. This is my 40th hurricane season. I've never seen a storm like this, and this is the first time I have ever voluntary or otherwise evacuated. Yeah. I've lived in Florida since 2011, um, and so we really haven't had many. I think Matthew was the closest scare that we had, and we had a little bit of wind from it, but nothing major. And, um, you know, I, I, I lived in Alabama. Uh, my mom was in her house in Punta Gorda uh, when Charlie came through. Um, so that was kind of fresh on my mind when this came through and also, uh, with Harvey and everything going on and also Katrina, of course, we had a lot of people displaced from Katrina coming to Alabama. Um, I was not taking any chances and you know, I got to do what I got to do to keep my family safe. You know, we took a direct hit from Wilma. Wilma went right over our house and that was, that was pretty freaky. And we said that we would never do that again. But yeah. this is a little bit beyond Wilma. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. Uh, Nina asks, does this extend the school year for students like we do with snow days in the Great White North? And as far as I know, yes, it does. They, they do work in a few days at the end of the year um, in case there are days missed from, from school. If I, if I remember correctly on that, don't they just – um, as far as like uh, with with like like work days, the teacher work days, they just take those away. If I'm not mistaken, a lot of times that's kind of how they make that up. So like if they're going to be missing a day for, say, a teacher work day, they'll just let them come to school. If I'm not mistaken, that's kind of how they work those in. That sounds really familiar. And I think you're right. And I think if they run out of teacher work days to burn, then they will add days on to the end of the year. Yeah, like a like a extra Monday after the Friday that they're supposed to get out or something. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. And the last question for the day, the most important question, I think, how do you feel about Cuban food? <laughs> I love Cuban food. I love it so much. How about you? I, You know what? I honestly don't know that I've ever actually had real, like, for real Cuban food. The only Cuban that I've had is just a Cuban sandwich. I don't think I've ever had actual, like, authentic, you know, cultural Cuban food. If you want to make authentic cultural Cuban food, there is one thing that you can make, and it sounds really weird, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. They make a little sandwich uh, for tea time in Cuba, and it's just bread and strawberry jam and cream cheese. Sounds delightful, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. With, with, with some turkey on it. That actually doesn't. That sounds like a Monte Cristo kind of. I forget what it's called. It's got like a, a woman's name, but it's really, really good. That, but, does, that uh, actually Cuban sounds really great. good. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to get home and eat some Cuban food. That sounds amazing right now. We're actually just getting ready to go out and have some barbecue. We have one of the best barbecue restaurants up here in Georgia, and uh, we're going to go pay it a visit here in a few minutes. I, I, got, I had homemade fried pork chops with baked potatoes and macaroni and cheese last night, and it was like, it warmed my heart. <laughs> it actually clogged my heart. It clogged my heart. It clogged my heart too, but it warmed my heart at the same time. That was just from my, I was just warmed because my blood pressure went up probably. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for sending the questions in. You can continue sending them in and I will totally answer them. And uh, I will keep you guys updated as the storm progresses. But right now, uh, I'm just up here in Georgia, 
and I'm just hanging out and trying to relax and, and keep my mind off the storm and hoping that I have some semblance of a, li- a livable house to go back to. And <laughs> you're doing the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I hope I, I the only thing I'm going to be sad about, and my wife and I agreed on this, was we could lose literally everything as long as our bed doesn't go. If our bed goes, we're that's gonna be what we're sad about. I mean, I I left my Xbox behind, and that that's like, that's dedication to getting out of there because it required wow. way too much to get it all disconnected, and I left wow. it. So you know, if it's, uh, we have this adjustable base bed with a memory foam mattress, and we worked really hard to get it, and um, if that goes, I'm gonna be really sad. Well. I'm hoping for the best for you and for everybody that uh, has found themselves having to stay behind in the storm. Probably there's not too many of those left right now because I think zone B is about three quarters of the state. Yeah. So uh, if you're in Florida and you're listening to this, um, I I hope you you made it out all right. I hope that uh, you are calm and that everything is okay and that you didn't lose too much that is important to you. And, and, uh, I just wish everybody that's going through the storm, um, to just be calm and have peace of mind and, and to just hang in there. Yeah. And, uh, Rhett, thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks well, for recording the audio. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I, you know, we had talked about doing a, a show at some point, doing an episode. This was just a, a good way for me to impose myself on one of my favorite podcasts. So it, it kind of worked out. <laughs> this is a little warm up for the future. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, I will continue updating you and I'll, I'll keep uh, leaving little voice messages and I'll, I'll pile them all together and put this out as a, a special episode. So uh, take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Rhett. No problem. Hey, everybody. It's your buddy, Paul. It is 6 p.m. and we are all in the craft room here up in North Georgia, and uh, we're all sitting around, and there's a few more questions that came in from Facebook, and I have a panel of experts with me, and I will just uh, have them introduce themselves. Who are you? I'm Bailey. You may have heard me in the previous update. Mm -hmm. I'm actually famous now due to that. (laughs) I'm Jennifer. I'm your wife. That is all. You're everybody's wife? (laughs) Everybody who's listening to this? I'm Paul Chomo's wife. <laughs> I am Matthew Chomo. I am Paul Chomo's son. Right. Barely Chomo's sister. And the- brother. <laughs> <laughs> you better end that and start this whole thing over. Nope, I am not doing that. Oh, Robert. no. <laughs> We're deliriously tired I, from the long, grueling journey. I just have a very deep voice. Yes. <laughs> You're the voice of the news and technical support. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, answer some Facebook questions. And a lot of these are going to be stuff that we were talking about on our way to barbecue because in the attempt to have a normal day today, we went and got barbecue, and I hope that this didn't just uh, pause. Nope, it's still recording. Okay. So let's go to the questions, and I'll try to edit some of this out. Yeah, I mean, you can do that in post. Indeed. All right. That was a podcasting term, in post. (laughs) Very good. Speak the lingo. All right. The first few questions are from Donna Hume. Oh, hi, Donna. How's it going, Donna? 
Hey, Donna. Donna Hume, of course, she is my co-host and wonderful person in general. She has a bunch of questions. She go. The first question is, how do you handle prepping for life to face a disaster in a place that frequently has them, which meaning hurricanes? Like Californians have earthquakes, etc. We have some pretty devastating floods here in Colorado every once in a while, but they don't come near what people in other places face. So how do you handle prepping for hurricanes? She means like on a day-to-day, just living your life, knowing we could have a hurricane? or I think so, yeah. Well, I mean, I think we do it the same as anybody who lives in a high disaster area where you just, you have your game plan so that when it does happen, um, you can put it to action. And that's essentially what we did. We had our go bags ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when it came clear that we had to leave, we were able to pack up and leave within an hour, hour and 20. Right. Also, we know we have a season of hurricanes. It's not like you're in fear every day of your life that there's going to be a hurricane. There's a hurricane season. There's a peak to that season. So we have time to make sure that when hurricane season begins, we are um, prepared with all the necessities that are required to get through a hurricane season. Right. And local authorities help as well. Uh, by providing services to you and making sure that uh, they give you resources to prepare yourself as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, It's a lot. You have a lot of advance notice with a hurricane. You know, they're able to predict that it might hit you. So you have actually, normally we have a couple weeks to prepare, which was actually the case with this storm. We had a while to get ourselves ready for it coming. Yeah, we did. Her other questions are, do you keep a disaster kit? More or less. We always have our pantry ready for a hurricane. That is something that we've learned to do. So, and the basic supplies of flashlights, batteries, candles, matches, in case we lose electricity, charcoal, you know, basic camping supplies we always have on hand. So those type of things, some of them are actually reusable and replenishable. So we just keep that regularly, but when crunch time comes, we do stock up on extra things in the pantry and extra water and uh, get the to-go bags ready, make sure they're current. Yeah. Yeah. We have general materials for being prepared for it, and we just bring them all together when the time comes. Right. And she says everybody should do this regardless, probably, and we do. Like, you always roll around with a first aid kit in your car. Always. Yeah. And we always make sure that we have, you know, food just in case, because we can lose power at any time of the year. Yeah, it's pretty common. We have tropical storms normally all through the summer season anyways that will put us out of power. Right. She asks, do you keep a special savings account? We don't really. Not a special savings account. We just live. I have a savings account just for general emergencies. Not It's not a hurricane-specific savings account, but I do... I do have a backup account in case stuff goes haywire. Which you were delighted and surprised that uh, you forgot. Uh, yeah, I forgot that I had it um, because it's. It, it, I made the account when I was under the age of 18. So technically it is under your and mom's banking account. Um, mm-hmm. And so it doesn't show up when I check my Wells Fargo or my Mint accounts. 
Uh, so I tend to forget that it exists, which is a good thing. I currently um, actually have no idea how much money in is in the account. I just know that mom says I'm set. So I think it's a pretty good amount. That was like finding a big <laughs> wad of money in your jeans pocket in the dryer. It's a pretty big wad of money to leave in my jeans pocket, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, want, you guys want to say something? savings for any of that no we don't either eventually you'll have it yeah yep the and the, her last question is how do you cope prayer yep lots of it yep um i just have mentally prepared myself that this is my life now like i'm just trying not even to think about what we left behind just in case it ends up not being there when we get back exactly so yeah. just the the moment that i am living right here right now this is my life and what's going on anywhere else where i may have been in the past it does not matter because i am here and i yep. have what i i have my important things my important documents and i could survive even if it was stuck here or somewhere else right you can't you can't dwell on what could have been you just have to Focus on what you're doing now. Yep. And when I say prayer, I don't mean just random praying. I mean praying for wisdom, soundness of mind, not to lose it, to keep your senses so that you can, you know, get out in a reasonable manner and and keep a level head. And when things are hectic, like the traffic was horrible, you can be patient. So yeah. whatever form of prayer you choose, whether it's to a God you believe in or just mental reminders that you need to make for yourself that, okay, this is what it's going to be like when we're out there. I need to remain calm. I need mm -hmm. to be patient. I need to be um, maybe even a little bit generous toward others during that time. Maybe let somebody in if they need to get in. Don't be selfish. Um, just, which I was bad with when we were driving and you would let people in and I would feel good because I was so focused on where we were going. I was not even paying attention to people who were trying to get on the roads and I felt bad. And then you would let them in and I'd be like, Hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> but there were, there were times you might've unwittingly done that because yeah. I did see you do that a couple of times, but you know, I had some proud mama moments during this whole thing. So, <laughs> so that ties in really nicely with our next question by Chris. He asks, what's the craziest human behavior you've seen so far? Because I'm sure the changing path has caused a lot. I would say that but from the time we left Florida until the time, pretty much until the time we um, got to Georgia, we didn't really leave our vehicles a whole lot. And so we haven't really seen any crazy behavior. We haven't seen any meltdowns or fistfights or arguments. I saw a couple people get snippy with one another at a truck stop when we were almost out of Florida, but I haven't really seen any crazy human behavior. I think the craziest thing I've heard of is somebody buying like 20 cases of water from Target and then reselling those cases for a, for a ridiculous price, which is pretty, that's disgusting to me. Yeah. Um, Have you guys seen anything if weird? If you do that, you deserve to get punched out. I think the craziest thing that I remember seeing on the road was just the amount of people like who just couldn't drive anymore, who had pulled over to the side of the road and were, or ha who had, you know, pulled over the, the rest stops were just chock full. Cause we were driving through, um, the night 
the rest stops were insane. And the rest stops were chock full of, to the point where people were actually just pulling along the side of the highway to rest because yeah. they had been in bumper to bumper traffic probably most of the day and they just couldn't take it anymore. So that was, right. I mean, and that's not like people mentally losing their faculties. It was just a phenomenon, I guess, that was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. I will say one of the things that really impressed me on this whole journey was that most people everywhere you went were respectful and thoughtful. Pet owners were respectful. Every dog was on a leash. Every, I mean, I was really impressed with the camaraderie of what we were going through as a entire state. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was very impressive to me that so many people heeded the warning and weren't just stubborn and staying there and just the sense of um politeness coming in and out of the bathroom doors it's a small thing but it was huge in such a tense time right going back to crazy human behavior one thing that i did see while we were driving was people pulling off on the shoulder of the highway and zooming past uh crowded traffic that was not going very fast right and there seemed to be a general uh group of people who were doing that generally big trucks <laughs> with loud mufflers <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean as far that's pretty much as far as uh crazy human behavior that i yeah. saw it's just going on the left side where cars could be broken down and going a good 40 to 60 miles an hour, not really knowing what's ahead and breaking. Yeah. And I've heard stories of people getting crazy and panicking and making very poor decisions and getting in fights, but I haven't. On the whole, it's actually been a very impressive to me. Same as mom. I just feel like there's been, you know, we tend to think of people as going back to being, you know, animalistic when disaster strikes and it's every person out for themselves. But Really, I think I feel like we haven't seen a lot of that. Like people have been very nice and yeah, um, like Mom said, it's camaraderie. I agree. And even when we did arrive in Georgia, they were so hospitable to us—not just our family, but there's a lot of empathy and sympathy for what we're going through. People ask where we've come from. They yeah, they see they're our glad Florida. we're safe. Yeah, they yeah. see our Florida license plate, and we've had people ask what part of Florida we're from and. Yeah, and people here who are notoriously, um, I wouldn't say aggressive toward Floridians, but we're definitely an irritant. Yeah. <laughs> have, been, have been friendly. They've been friendly. It's been comforting. Yeah, it's been good so far. And I think it's part of that is because they saw Harvey and seen what kind of damage something like that can do and how that's something that could happen to our homes. It hasn't yet, but they... They've seen the path that Irma's taking and know it's heading straight for Florida. And so they're, they've been a little bit kinder because they know what kind of damage that can do. Yeah. Erica asks, how quick did the milk, bread, and eggs sell out? If people here in Indiana even here, there might be a chance to get an inch of snow. They act like the blizzard of 79 or 2013 <laughs> is going to hit again. And milk, bread, and eggs are always the first to go. What sells out for you guys with the threat of a hurricane besides water? I think pretty much the same things. I don't think. No. no? Nobody wants milk. It spoils. Yeah. Oh, no, that's true because your power goes out. goes out. But uh, water and bread. Yeah. Peanut butter, tuna fish, beans. Campbell's soup. Yeah. 
your average yummy staples that are non-perishable ramen noodles (laughs) i went to Publix thinking that i oh i'll get us some ramen noodles for the hurricane everybody had the same idea there were none all those vietnamese shops are pretty happy <laughs> no, nobody wants those ones. Those are the four dollar ramen noodles. I'm no. talking the pack of six for ninety nine cents ramen noodles. <laughs> All the fancy ones were still there. All right, uh, Brandon says, "Um, well, I have to move to Tampa in November. The wife was going to go there Friday to look at houses. Is it fairly safe to say that we should postpone the house hunting for now?" No. I, well, I think for there's t- now, yes. <laughs> I think oh. I would wait like a month until things settle down. And- you mean like immediate, like right now, right now? Yeah, don't go down there right now, right now. Once once traveling gets back to normal, definitely go. It's, it'll be, it'll, yeah. Yeah. He said November, right? Uh, He has to move to Tampa in November, but in she was going to start looking at houses yesterday. Oh, oh, I hope she didn't. Yeah. Um. I guess if she's going to go down there to look for houses anytime soon, like look for the ones that are still standing and don't have any damage and buy one of those. Yeah. Look for water damage and um, just around the house, make sure nothing got hit by tree branches or anything like that. Well, they always have to inspect a house anyways before somebody buys it. I think the timing on this is pretty good. (laughs) You know, Tampa's in, in the direct path. So, you know, the house that you're buying survived Irma so yeah if it's it if doesn't it, get worse than that yeah if the damage is minimal and it's still standing and it there's not a whole lot of water damage go for it you're good to go you're good to go I would go but to answer it a little bit better I would go mid-September okay we, yeah. well we're, we're already in mid-September he means October no mid-October like mid to late September we're not in mid-September it's the 9th. We're almost in mid-September. It's pretty close. <laughs> I don't consider this mid-September. I'm sorry. I just don't consider this the beginning. Oh, okay. That's all right. Uh, we talked about this on the way back. We, what sealed the deal for you in making the decision to leave? Well, we sat down as a family on Tuesday night because we have a thing that we do called Family Worship Night, and we talk about stuff like this. And this was when Irma was making everybody nervous, and it wasn't. it was still pretty far away. And there was still a lot that the storm could do. But we did sit down and we talked about our plan to leave and in detail. And I had said that Thursday afternoon, I would make a firm decision one way or the other. And that is when the forecast changed enough to where it was no longer hitting Miami. It was going right up the middle of the state. And that made me really nervous. So I called my friend Scott. I had just got done editing the the episode about hippos, too. So, oops, let me get back to my my page here. I accidentally hit something. So I called my friend Scott, who I trust and respect a lot, and I asked him what he was doing, and he was nervous. So now if Scott's nervous, I'm really nervous, (laughs) you know? And that kind of, like, I was leaning towards getting out, and then Matthew came in the room, and he said dad i'd really feel comfortable if we left and that that is what tipped me over the edge and i'm glad that he spoke up and said something because um that was when i said okay let's batten down the hatches and let's get out of here and start gathering up anything that you don't want 
destroyed or stolen, let's either get it in the car or get it up off the ground enough to where it won't get inundated with water and let's get out of here. And that's what we did. We got some sandbags from the neighbors who were going to try to wait it out. And we used those because they gave them to us, which was nice. And we got the car situated. We got the, the shutters pulled down and, and we got out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what sealed the deal. She also asks, what are you most worried about with this storm? Oh, I can answer that. Um, I had to leave my snake back at the house. I gave him a nice meal and made sure his water was full because he can live on his own for a little bit. Um, But uh, I'm hoping that if anything does happen to the house, he is either A, okay, or B, afforded a chance to escape and live a very happy life in the Florida wilds. Um, Right. But I'm worried about my snake. For me, it's all the friends that didn't get out, the ones that um, are riding it out. And even though I know their homes can probably withstand it, it's all the anticipation, anxiety, the emotional stress, um, just wondering if everybody's safe and okay, the aftermath when they're looking around outside. We've been through this before. We know sort of what they may see. But for me, it's definitely the friends that are still there that um, I'm concerned about. Yeah. Um, And everybody's safety because most accidents and deaths occur after the storm is over because of things that are so unsafe to be near. So it's not always necessarily the storm itself that takes lives. It's all the unsafe electrical lines down, water, just the variables. So I'm just worried about them and, and what we come back to. And that's right. a that's a good point, actually, because people who don't live with hurricanes uh, probably don't know that, that it's not really normally the storm that kills people, but the aftermath of it. That's right. what most of the death toll will come from, is not the actual storm passing through, it's what it leaves behind. Right. Um, do you think Harvey affected how people dealt with the storm? Aaron also asks. I think so. Definitely. I think all that flooding and damage is really, really fresh in people's minds. And, and that's why a lot of people evacuated even before we did. But I think it was a positive thing. Oh yeah. Like not, well, not that hurricane Harvey was positive. That's not what I'm saying at all. But just the, the fact that it triggered that reaction in people, I think ended up being for the better because so many people left who would have had to leave anyways. And at least some of them cleared out before they actually were issued a mandatory evacuation. So traffic could have even been unimaginably worse if people weren't on edge from Harvey. Right. Um, The next question is from Vanessa. She says, if you're at all sciencey, unlike me, do you know why some areas of the USA are prone to having hurricanes some tornadoes, some earthquakes, etc. Uh, well, the hurricanes that we get form off the west coast of Africa. They're called Cape Verde hurricanes, and yep. and it just has to do with wind and the Earth's rotation and the water temperatures. And they form out there, and they start forming hurricanes, and they end up somewhere, and we just happen to be in the path of the somewhere. 
and uh, it's they either go into the Gulf of Mexico or they slam into the East Coast, but we can see them coming from a long ways away. We just don't know exactly what they're going to do until practically they're right on top of us. And that's what makes dealing with them and preparing for them and preparing to evacuate so difficult is they can change direction at any moment and then your life is is changed, right? Yeah. I mean, we had Irma, which came off the same coast that Jose came off, and Irma's coming straight for us. And Jose is probably just going to wind up in the Gulf, uh, not even hitting Florida. Right. Mostly just those small islands again. So it's uh, it really depends on where they decide to go. And Irma was in really warm water. I believe it was uh, 86 degrees or something like that, which is super warm for the Atlantic. And so it just was a really good uh, area for it to grow. Yeah. Right. And as far as other natural disasters, like why some places are prone to earthquakes and tornadoes and that kind of thing, earthquakes have to do with the Earth's natural fault lines. Um, so if you're on, and a fault line is where two major pieces of um, the Earth's crust come together. Mm-hmm. So if you are around one of those meeting points, then you are more prone to earthquakes. Um, and tornadoes, I know they get those where there's a lot of flat even land. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with tornadoes. I've seen the movie Twister. That's about as as far as my tornado knowledge goes. The thing with tornadoes, though, is they can spawn off a hurricane. That happened with Hurricane Andrew back in 92. I don't know the science behind that, but I know it can happen. So just yeah. just because you're only in a hurricane doesn't mean that's all you're going to get. A tornado can, or more than one, can happen from a hurricane. So wherever you go in the United States, you're going to have something to deal with, whether it's blizzards, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. I'm glad we don't have to deal with earthquakes. Yeah, earthquakes scare me probably the most of any natural disaster. Yeah, because you don't see them coming like you do a hurricane. You have no control over them. You're just along for the ride. And I I don't know how people lived, just live with earthquakes. I lived through an earthquake. You did in Ecuador, yeah, right? In Ecuador, it happened while I was asleep, but it was a very small one. It just yeah. made this weird high-pitched noise that woke me up in the middle of the night. And then I learned the next morning that it was a earthquake. Yeah, I'd rather live with there's hurricanes than earthquakes. At least you can outrun a hurricane. (laughs) You can't outrun an earthquake. Yeah, that's true. You can't get in your car and drive away from an earthquake, unfortunately. Aaron also asks, do you think we should start naming hurricanes differently? Oh, wait, this is a PG show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yes, we should. We should start naming them alphabetically after every character in the Transformers series. (laughs) going to say name them after black sabbath songs Ooh. um all right our last question is from luke he says paul can i get a hug you said all questions are fair game luke when i see you next time you will get the biggest hug ever because you'll be alive and i will be glad to see you alive luke is one of those who's back at home in his house preparing to possibly evacuate, but probably going to ride it out. In fact, Luke will get a hug from each of us because he accidentally asked all four of us by sending that <laughs> You will get hugged, sir. You will get a hug, Luke. I've known Luke practically all his life, and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I'm hugging Luke. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, let me do one more check to see if there's any last minute questions. Yeah, let me just refresh this real quick. Yep. All right, that's all the questions so far. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. And thanks, everybody, who listens to my dad's podcast. Thank you for sending in your questions. Yes. <laughs> you may not hear us, but um, we appreciate every one of you who makes our dad's hobby so awesome. <laughs> that's nice. All right, guys, I'll keep you updated. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. And here's the very latest. So it's now a Category 2 hurricane. The wind's at 110 miles an hour. And it is just pretty much hugging the coastline in toward Fort Myers. It should be there around 8 p.m. tonight, so about three hours over Fort Myers. And then moving up toward Tampa around 2 in the morning. This is the same timeline we've been talking about for the last uh, couple of days. And then very quickly up toward Georgia and a big rainmaker and still a tropical storm as it moves just to the west of Atlanta. And uh, this is uh, rain and gusty winds all the way up into Ohio, actually, by uh, later this week. Tornado warning. <sighs> I don't know if you can hear that or not through the voice recorder on my phone, but... Those are all the bugs and frogs and whatever else lives out in the woods out here. <sighs> it's been a long day, but it's been a good day. And I'm comforted to know that I'm back to worrying about maybe a little bit of water in our house and downed trees instead of this catastrophic storm surge that they said we were going to get well that never materialized so I don't think my house got swept away today which is nice I have a friend going over tomorrow he's a firefighter and he's going to take some pictures for me and uh, so that we'll know what the damage is before we get home so that there's no big surprises so that'll be nice I appreciate that and I'm just uh, standing out here in the driveway and listening to the little creatures and looking up at the stars and appreciating it. I'm glad we came up here. <sighs> Tomorrow's going to be a crappy day because even though we are in the mountains of North Georgia, we did not escape Irma and we are getting the, uh, the remnants of Irma. Irma tomorrow so lots of rain 60 mile an hour winds but that's nothing we can't handle so we'll just stay in and watch movies and then decide if we're gonna head back home Tuesday or Wednesday all right guys it's gonna be all right going to be okay. Have a good night. All right, guys, it's uh, five o'clock uh, in the evening, whatever day this is. I think it's Monday. Let me make sure. Monday, September 11th. Um, so 
I got a good night's sleep last night. We did not get catastrophic storm surge, which is great. We had people that went by the house today to take a look at it. Everything seems to be fine. The trees that I was worried about uh, did not come down at all. Uh, my friend went by and he looked in the backyard and he said we lost some fence panels, which is fine. I kind of expected that with the wind. We might have gotten water in the garage, which is fine. I expected that as well. But no major structural damage to the house. Maybe a few lost shingles, but nothing major. And, uh, whew, I'm really, really grateful for that. <laughs> it's a lot of people that got it way worse. But, um, yeah, so we are going to drive home in the morning. And it's going to be about a 13-hour drive. And then the next day, we're just going to try to clean up the debris and inspect the damage and take some pictures and maybe call the insurance adjuster. I don't know if they'll be able to help or not with the fence. But we came out of this thing all right. And even though we did, we would absolutely evacuate again if another big storm was coming this way because there's a lot of people to the north of us and a lot of people to the south of us that got it way worse and we just happened to uh to be in the right spot even on the right street there's even streets around us that got it worse than we did so we did okay we did all right so that's the hurricane update and uh i'll give you another one when we get home tomorrow and i'll while i'm walking around the yard and inspecting things i'll, I'll talk to you but I want to talk about hemorrhoids, and if you don't want to hear this part, just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, fast forward a few minutes. But, um, yeah, that's been a real big problem the last couple of days. You know, you, you spend 24 hours in a car sitting there, and your diet gets screwed up, and your body's routine gets screwed up, and you're under a lot of stress, and it's like the perfect storm. And I have a Category 5 case of hemorrhoids in my beehole and it's not fun in fact this is like the worst hemorrhoids i've ever had in my life like nothing is comfortable standing isn't comfortable sitting isn't comfortable sneezing and coughing suck laughing is not good you know i can't even like i've never had them this bad it's excruciating and i'm and so yeah, I've got all kinds of little creams and ointments and, and stuff that I'm putting on there and and uh, it's not fun to be at somebody else's house, sleep on an unfamiliar bed, worry about your stuff and your place and your friends that are still back in town weathering the storm out and having a having a sore butt. Holy moly. So yeah, I'm I've been dealing with that too and I've been hesitating to talk about it, but here we go. Hemorrhoids people. Did you know, like, I think like 65% of the population has hemorrhoids or has had hemorrhoids? Like, it's a, there's a lot of people out there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. And, uh, oh, they suck. They suck really bad. So I got a little, uh, and I got a little blue donut pillow that I sit on to relieve some of the pressure. And it actually helps quite a bit. And uh, I have just been sitting with my feet up all day, looking at Facebook, playing games and doing nothing. And, uh, yeah, and so then I have to, uh, sit in the car for another 13 hours tomorrow and probably aggravate it further. So that'll be good when I get home and get back to a more normal routine and, and, uh, these hemorrhoids clear up because 
Like my dad says, hemorrhoids are a real pain in the ass. All right. Uh, I will maybe check in when I'm on the road tomorrow. Maybe not. I will definitely check in on um, Wednesday morning while I'm walking around the house looking at the damage. And I'll let you know what happens. And thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, guys. It is... uh... God, what day is it? Thursday. Thursday morning, 10.41 a.m., and I am at a Walmart in Murphy, North Carolina, and we are here to pick up some supplies for going home, which hopefully will happen in the next couple of days. Um, My daughter actually has to be back to work on Monday, and if... I can get to my office, and if there is power, I have to be back to work on Monday, too, so... <clears throat> so, yeah, we have to leave either tomorrow or Saturday so that we have a little bit of time to just kind of settle in and, and relax and do a little bit of cleanup before we have to go back to work. So, we're going to get a few things up here because the stores are pretty wiped out down there. And yeah, they're getting better. Gas is getting better down there. But it's tough because, you know... Every fiber of us wants to get home. We just want to get home. And everybody at home that we know that are friends of ours is like, no, don't come home. Stay as long as you can. So that's tough. It's You're, you're conflicted about should we go home or shouldn't we? Because, you know, morning. Good. How you doing? Because, you know, up here there's air conditioning and power and the weather's nice and down there there's no air conditioning and no power and it's 100 degrees and like 178% humidity and it's not pleasant so that is where we're at at least we know that we're not coming home to a flooded disaster house it's just a couple of little broken things that that we have to take care of so I'm in Walmart and I'm looking around for my family seeing where they're at and um yeah, and just making phone calls today to, like, the mortgage company and and all that good stuff. Good Lord. The people in Walmart. This is the same people that we have at home. How do they do it? Do they teleport them somehow? Walmart people are the same no matter where you go. Okay. All right, so that's the update. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. I just realized I said a really snobby, crappy thing about Walmart people. Sorry, Walmart people. You know, if if you if you shop at Walmart a lot, you're you're and you're listening to this, you're probably not one of those people. But uh, I feel bad. Okay, bye. All right, Friday morning, six o'clock. We're headed home. You got your phone all right, Dad? Yep, I did. What's up, guys? So, we're home. We got home at about 9 o'clock last night. Took a few of the hurricane shutters off. Got a few things moved into the house and just went to bed. And uh, we don't have power, so we don't have air conditioning, so we're basically camping right now. Which is a good thing we like camping. Because that's, uh, yeah. 
we, we're just living in a big fancy concrete tent right now. Um, actually, my my wife and my son went to a friend's house that had their power turned on, and uh, they stayed there last night. And I don't blame them. But I actually stayed home, and it was a little stuffy, but it was fine. I slept fine. I was so tired after being on the road that I, I, I don't think my body really had a choice but to go to sleep. And it was really dark, so we didn't really see a whole lot of super wow holy crap look at that destruction stuff you know like i know shock and awe and crying and oh my god what are we going to do is really good for podcasting but but that has not happened yet <laughs> my my place actually did pretty well i was able to get out and look around this morning take a look around and take some pictures and i don't even think we lost a shingle and i feel really guilty because i know a lot of people have it a lot worse but but we did really, really well. My kids came out and helped me this morning get the lawn cleaned up. We have a bunch of piles of debris out by the road. And we're going to start working on the inside of the house because in our rush to evacuate, we really did a number on the inside of the house and took a lot of stuff out. And now we got to put the stuff back in and put things back where they belonged. We got a lot of our electronics up off the floor in case we got water. Um, so that's like the biggest job now is like just going room by room square foot by square foot and putting things back where they belong so yeah and we're in no hurry we got all day today we got all day tomorrow we are staying cool uh i'm going back to my days of pool maintenance where i was wet all day and just took it slow and steady and and tried not to give myself heat stroke, trying to stay hydrated, that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of work. And as I look down my street, I can see where a lot of trees have been forcibly trimmed and there's some generators running. And uh, if we get power back turned back on really soon and if our air conditioning actually works after we get the power turned back on, ouch, damn it, I got an ant biting my foot. Um, then we'll be good. Like, that'll make life a whole lot easier. <laughs> I'm just glad we have running water. We're on city water, so I was able to just turn on the, uh, turn on, hey neighbor. I was able to turn on the, the water at the road, and, and we have water, and we can take cold showers, which actually feel really, really good right now. So, that is the latest, and, uh, we're doing good. It's okay. We're gonna be okay. All right. Hey guys, it is Sunday morning, and I am out on my back porch with a camp stove getting ready to make some pancakes, because we are camping in our house. But, good news, maybe you could hear it in the background, we got a generator. Somebody came over and uh, they had a generator at work, and work let them use it, and they had power at their house, and they knew that we didn't, so they brought the generator over, and we are sharing that generator with the neighbors, which is fine. So we were able to plug our refrigerator in so that we can get uh, some nice, cold, perishable food to eat. And uh, we were able to plug a fan in, which helped us sleep last night, so that was great. So, so yeah, and um, so here's what I wanted to talk about. Um, I went on Facebook this morning, and a friend of mine went on there and said, Hey, 
If you live in Georgia, you're not allowed to wear an I Survived Hurricane Irma t-shirt because you didn't get water in your house, and you didn't get damage, and you didn't get this, and you didn't get that, and you know what? I don't agree with that. If you live in Georgia, and you planted a tree 20 years ago, and you love that tree, and Hurricane Irma uprooted that tree, and you're upset, and you want to buy a I Survived Hurricane Irma shirt, you do that. You do that. Don't compare tragedy. That's just a... That's just kind of a dicky thing to do, okay? Wherever you are, if you survived Hurricane Irma, I'm happy, first of all. I'm happy you survived. I'm happy you're good. And I hope that you came out of it uninjured and without a whole lot of serious damage. And you buy that t-shirt and you wear it. Alright? Alright. Well, you have a good day and I'm going to check in with you later and hopefully... Uh, hopefully the next time I check in with you, I'll have some power. We'll see. But we're, we're managing in the meantime. So, alright. Talk to you later. Hey guys. It is Tuesday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, and I am leaving work. I am back to work as of yesterday, and uh, since I do work in construction, it is a little bit slow, and people are busy cleaning up before they want us to do any more work. Uh, because it's important that we don't have any, you know, debris and stuff in the way. So going to work feels great, especially because there is air conditioning there and there's none at my home at the moment. Uh, my wife is back to work as well. She does hair, so I am on my way there right now. I'm driving and uh, I am going to get my hair cut, which is going to feel amazing. Um, so yeah, remember when I... the you remember the other day when I was saying that uh, the damage wasn't all that bad and it was no big deal? Well, on my way to and from work, I've been driving through some of the more affected parts of the uh, where the storm hit, and it is bad. It's really, really bad. Every business, every house has a pile of yard waste and garbage in front of it that's at least four feet high, and it's all turning brown and looking ugly. And the streets are just absolutely lined with debris. Like, it's unbelievable. There's a neighborhood I pass by that all the homes in it still have about a foot of water in them. And they're just trashed. They're hosed. So yeah, it's, it's bad. It's a real mess, and I wonder how long it's going to take to clean this up. Like, it just, in my little world, it... It didn't seem bad until I started driving around and looking at it. Holy crap. Holy crap, dude. So, yeah. And uh, the house still doesn't have air, like I mentioned. It's about probably 87 degrees in my house right now. But my friend Ryan said that there was electric trucks and tree removal trucks in our neighborhood. And all over the city that I live in, so that's a good sign, and hopefully we'll have power back on real soon. Even if we don't even have air on. Like, if I get my power going, if I turn all the breakers on and my air conditioner suddenly decides that it's going to stop working because, you know, Murphy's Law, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Uh, just having lights on is going to be pretty good, and a hot water heater that works, that's going to be nice too. Even though, actually, the cold showers and cold baths have been feeling pretty good lately. 
So, yeah, holy crap, there's a power line down that I didn't notice earlier. So, yeah, that's what has been going on. And I, because of, because of a lot of things, because of it being dark very, very, very early, because of having no lights on in the house other than candlelight, and because I am not sleeping as good as I normally do because it's really, really hot in my house, even though we have fans running. Um, oh, we have a generator. I don't know if I mentioned that, but we have a generator that my fan, my, my fan, my, my friend lent us that at night runs our refrigerator and runs a few fans that we can run into our bedrooms. But that's, that's been nice. That's been helpful. And, but I still haven't really been sleeping all that well because, you know, sweating and sleeping are not two activities that go together very well. Um, so yeah, I haven't really been this physically or mentally exhausted since me and my wife started making babies. And uh, this person just decided to pull his truck out in front of my life. Thank you, sir. You clearly have the right of way. So you just, you go ahead and you do you, boo-boo. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Wave back. Thank you. All right. Um, and I am going to be doing some volunteer work very soon to help people clean up, which is going to be fun because that'll get me out of my house and out of my own head and, and all that good stuff. And now this guy has got everything all blocked up and I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. So I guess I should just get off my phone and concentrate on driving. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye. All right. So you know what? It's about 10 minutes later and I got past that little snag in the road and I am just going to wrap this thing up because you guys are probably getting bored and you probably want to move on to another podcast and I totally understand and frankly I'm, I'm getting a little weary of talking about the hurricane because when I'm not talking about the hurricane to you, I'm talking about the hurricane to a family member or a friend or anywhere else and I, anyone else and I'm just, I'm tired of talking about the storm. So, uh, just let's wrap it up. Um, the bottom line is... Uh, my family's good, I'm good, and my house is good, and it's still in a livable condition. And uh, everything more or less worked out with this hurricane with me. Uh, what lessons did I learn from the hurricane and from all this experience? I learned that, first of all, to be prepared if you live in an area that has natural disasters, like put a little money aside and make it to go bag and all the things that they tell you to do to prepare for a natural disaster beforehand do those things they really do help out I am so glad that we did um, I would have probably packed more clothing I did not expect to be gone for over a week and I was and I only packed like two or three days worth of clothes so yeah, if I had to do it over again, I would have packed more clothing. I probably would have brought along a few more valuables that could have been lost that thankfully weren't, uh, but that were just left in my house. Uh, what else? 
what else would I do differently? What else would I do the same? I think it's important when you're evacuating and while you're displaced to just be nice to people. Don't be that guy, you know? Don't be the guy yelling at people and getting into fights at gas stations and 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 running people over with your shopping cart and, and all that stuff. Just And that goes along, I think, with preparation. Like, just prepare and have a plan and be ready to evacuate. Um, what else? Oh, here's one. Don't compare your tragedy to somebody else's tragedy. Like, everybody, everybody around here got beat up from the storm. Whether or not you lost a piece of your house, or you got water in your house, or you have trees on your house, or... I don't care physically what you went through. We all got affected. Like, everybody's affected right now. And everybody's tired, and everybody is just over it and it's going to take months and months and months to clean this up so don't don't compare your your stuff to other people like tragedy is in general I think a thing that you can't compare with other people like yeah I don't know I guess I was talking the other day about the guy who thinks that some people should wear a Hurricane Irma shirt and some people have no right to wear one of those shirts and I don't know if you were affected you were affected and um yeah that's it huh, what else what else what other lessons have I learned about the hurricane and evacuating um yeah when they tell you to evacuate just leave just listen a policeman isn't gonna show up to your house and drag you out and put you on your in your car and make you head up the highway and leave. Like that's not going to happen, but like why why would you stay? Why would you stay through this? Like everybody knows somewhere everybody knows someone that lives somewhere safer. Like why wouldn't you go there if a massive storm like Irma was coming your way? I don't mean to be judgy about people that didn't evacuate but you know what? A lot of them are complaining on Facebook about how bad it is. And it's like, dude, you didn't have to stay. You really didn't. <laughs> like, I know you. I know there's places you could have gone. Why did you stay? Yeah, leave if they tell you to leave. Would you please do that for me? Um, what else? Just try to maintain a positive attitude. As long as you're safe, and as long as your family is safe and with you, and you're not hurt, and um, you got enough gas, and you got enough water, and you got enough food to to make it a little ways up the road where it's a little bit safer, just uh, try to enjoy yourselves as much as you can. I know we did, me and my family did, and we all had our rough moments where we were pissy and mean and evil with one another and, and not very patient. But um, I think overall, our positive attitude, shoot, there's a fire truck coming. I got it. That's about as far over as I can get, buddy. Sorry. There you go. Never like to see that. But um, what was I saying? Yeah, I think our positive attitude and joking around got us through a lot and was super helpful. And podcasts were really like 
when me and Bailey were driving down the road, we listened to a lot of podcasts, and those were those were really good. So, yep, that's about all I can think of. Um, so, thanks for listening to all this me rambling on for two weeks. <laughs> thanks for coming on my little journey with me through Hurricane Irma, and um, I hope you are safe. And um, yeah, that's it. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Just want to take a minute to thank all of my family and friends for all their help during this. Thank you to Blazing Caribou Studios and and everybody in it, particularly James and Carrie McGinnis, Donna Hume, Phil Rude, Andrea Freitas, Brandon Cruz, David Luzader, Aaron Whitehead, Imran Javed, Hammond Chamberlain, Justin Zenger, Kate Amatuzo, Katie Talmo, Matthew Palmer, Nicole Davis, Patrick Thiem, sorry Patrick if I messed up your name, and Reagan Sims. And thank you to all our podcaster friends that participated in the marathon for Podcasters Unite. Uh, if you are listening to this on Saturday morning, you still have a little bit of time to go there and donate to the American Red Cross. Uh, so thank you, Josh Hallmark, Laura Gregg, Chris Green, Nate Chappelle, Sean Kendall, Alexa Maxey, Tawny Plattis, Sam Culper, Jody Hewitt, Curtis Craddock, Hannah Ostick, Mike Brown, and Jessica Ann. Thanks everybody so much for your support. Stay safe. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.